Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year, and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago. And never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough. And so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And today's topic is going to be the five absolute truths of fan Dynasty fantasy football and before i get into that i gotta bring in my co-host you know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power he is jerry sinclair jerry what is up listen you had to bring me on this one because i've never told a lie so it is only fitting that you bring me on for the five absolute truths of dynasty and and i and i got a spoiler and i liked every one of them i was ready to combat you but my friend, I think we have got gold here. It's just people don't tell you the truth. Uh, I I believe that where we get the majority of our information as dynasty consumers comes from really two places. It comes from podcast slash video podcast, which is what you would find on YouTube and Twitter. Am I, I guess written content maybe. And what am I missing, Jerry? I mean, listen, I, I'm a podcast guy myself, so. I, I'm I'm a big podcast guy myself. That's why I host it's two it. of them. Oh, yeah, you, and you, I mean, I'm a, I'm a millennial, so that, that's what we do. If there was any, it, I think if I told somebody that didn't know I was in a podcast, I don't think they'd be surprised at all. They'd be like, oh, you were born in the 80s? Okay, that makes sense. It's everybody's got a podcast, but we're doing our best to make this one really what we think the the listener needs and trying to help them. I don't think Jerry and I have all the answers. We have a lot, but the one thing Jerry and I don't do is we don't BS you. And Jerry, and I, Jerry, I think you, I don't want to say we invented it because nothing's original in this world anymore, but I can tell you we're going into our third season together and this will be the third straight season where you and I have dedicated an entire segment during the regular season to where we're right and where we're wrong. And listen, there's a whole bunch of victory laps, and you hear them all the time. And guess what's going to happen? The moment we get into week three, and one of those second-round picks or third-round picks is going to do okay, and everyone's going to do a lap about it, and you're just going to have to hear about it. It's the classic line from the TV show The Sopranos. 
Uh, and I'm sure it goes well beyond that, but it's been said that success has a thousand fathers and failure is an orphan. And man, there's no better place than that than dynasty fantasy football. It's hot take after hot take after hot take. And that's why we started doing the segment where we were right and where we were wrong. We call it look back at it. We do it every week during the regular season, whether it's a a particular guy that we're chasing after on our dynasty roster, whether it's a a play that we recommend uh, in the DFS segment. You and I have always owned our hits and misses, and that's one of the things when we get into the body of the show that really drives me crazy is that we, you know, there's just too many chucking grenades out there or blasting the shotgun, hoping to hit something and then reminding the world about your one bit of success. And listen, if Hakeem Butler does it, I might, uh, I'm, I might take my opportunities for it. But that's, that's one of those things. You just got to admit, you know, listen, I have Hakeem Butler on a lot of my teams. Do I have any hope he's going to be relevant behind Larry and behind Hopkins and all that? No, I really don't. And in the event that something like that happens, here's the thing. If that's your guy, like Hakeem Butler is my guy, if he does emerge at some point and is relevant at any point, the point should be is not to tell everybody how good you did by saying that was your guy. That's your opportunity to sell him. You you got your shot. And that's not what people do. It's because they're just so happy to be right. They'd rather not make the best play. And it's just a bozo move. Well, it's it's not always about that, but before we get into all that, we start, you know, really peeling this thing back. Just want to make sure that if you're listening to this on Friday as this show drops, uh, there's also a new Dynasty Happy Hour contractor over on the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast feed. I had the good fortune of spending some time with Darren, who happens to be one of our Patreons. We spent about 40 minutes covering one of his sleeper teams, and it was really cool. I mean, he it was completely honest and you know where his team is and what he needs to do and i think what he's doing is kind of fun you know he won the ship last year he's tearing this thing down and you know he's got a plan i dig it um what's the dynasty war zone going to look like now that we are really putting the rookie class to bed um we're going to start diving into teams but we're not going to do your traditional boring uh week uh, boring, boring was the right word, Jerry. Boring, division by division breakdown. What Jerry and I are going to do, we're going to start talking about teams. We may do them in groups of two. We may do them in groups of four. It may be me and Jerry. It may be me, Jerry, and a guest. It may be me and a guest. It may be Jerry and a guest. I don't know. But we're going to talk about these teams, and we're going to talk about more than just, well, they added a quarterback. They added a running back. They lost a wide receiver, and they got a new head coach. What does that mean? That's not what we're going to I mean. There'll be some of that. You just can't avoid some of that. Um, you know, we'll talk about guys that we're looking to buy, who's cheap, um, you know, kind of your standard fare. But we're also going to talk about the offense, what we really see this team doing in 2020 and, and how to build dynasties around it. A couple of other quick things. Uh, five-star reviews. Thank you. Another two since uh, the Wednesday recording. Uh, and that's awesome. Uh, up to 130 total across all channels. And those new ones, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, now it really helps no matter where you rate or review. So if you're not behind the wheel, hit the pause button, go into your podcast player, and leave us a five-star. You can also check us out on all of our social media, 
at Dynasty Warzone on Instagram and Twitter, at Jerry Sin, DWZ, at DFF Memphis. Um, we're ready to go wheels up on some roster building. So, Jerry, are you ready to get into the five absolute truths of Dynasty Fantasy Football? Born ready for the truth. The the whole I should have got like one of those sound drops that said, Yana, I got the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. So so the first truth of dynasty fantasy football is that most of the analysts that you listen to can't build a damn roster. And I'm not trying to be me and I'm not trying to lob a grenade and I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just telling you, most of these dynasty analysts they're 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 amazing they're better than i am at quote unquote identifying talent some of these guys have been watching these players since they were freshmen in college and they they know everything about them they know their mom's maiden name they know where they went to high school they know every possible thing about them they know a lot but but there are a ton that just cannot help you build a roster you know, um, I'll get into this in a second. Jerry, have you experienced this this same thing out there? I experience it with in my leagues. Not it, like you said. Listen, there are people that are much better at scouting than me. I'm not a scout. I bit by any means. Like I use my eyeballs to see who I like and who I don't like. It's you have to have a goal. You have to have a mission. You have to have something that you're going for, and a. A lot of the times it seems like you're playing one move at a time when I see some of these, some of these teams and listen, I have bad teams. I have God awful teams. I'm sure you have God awful teams, but you have to have a goal for how you're going to change it. And that's the issue. And I, this is why I like having our, our talks, Randy, because it's theory. It's we're talking, and that's what the contractor is too, which is why you do a great job with that. Because if there's one thing that is our wheelhouse, it is this, it is having something to, achieve and it's a lot of this player is getting talked about a lot right now let's get that person this person's getting talked about this week let's get them this person's not popular this week what do we like i like unpopular running backs you like unpopular quarterbacks here's the thing those guys all have value just because they're unpopular does not mean they are irrelevant and the problem is the echo chamber that is the community a lot of times and these analysts is they'll just regurgitate the same stuff. And listen, I do it sometimes too. There's players that are people don't love, and I also don't love them, and I do it too. It's You can't just live and breathe off of that. It, there's got to be some, some gut. Like, you can tell me that Juju's down. I don't care. I've got Juju everywhere because I am damn near certain we are going to be looking at a DeAndre Hopkins from the year he had Brock Osweiler. Because Ben Roethlisberger loves himself some damn Juju, and I will buy into that revitalization every single time. And I'll be wrong. And I, I will risk being wrong. But I just don't want to hear the same crap over and over again. And and give it to you. Because I, I have him everywhere. And I will let you know. And if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm an idiot. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I believe in the man. I'm going to try and do that. And that's how I am across all of my teams. And... Jerry and I, like we mentioned in the open, we'll wear those dirty trousers if we soil them. If we make a mistake, we'll 100% own it. But the, but the thing that bothers me on a lot of tweets and podcasts out there is there's way too much random, go out and buy so-and-so cheap. What the, what the hell does that mean? 
How, how do you buy them cheap? Why am I buying them cheap? Where do I buy them cheap? There's no F in context, man. None. None whatsoever. That's not help. That's not helpful at all to anybody. It's just not. You know, if, if you put on there, hey, you know, I like Damian Harris in 2020 because New England didn't address the running back position and I could see them pounding the ball a lot behind uh, that offensive line and really trying to limit the exposure to young Jared Stidham. Okay, that's context. That's something we can sink our teeth into. If you wanted to add, hey, Sony Michelle has not blown us away his first few years in the league. Um, he still has a bad knee, and I, I think this is the, the, the time for him to step up. I think he replaces Rex Burkhead because Rex Burkhead is expensive. Okay, I'm in. Okay, now, now you told us why you're buying Damien. How are you buying him? How are you approaching that owner? Are you getting him as a throw-in on a bigger deal? Are you going in cold? Are you going in during the rookie draft? How are you going about acquiring him? Because it's just random pie-in-the-sky BS, man. And where are all those people with their apologies? I, I heard in February, for about a month, go out and buy some cheap Cam Newton. Jerry, did you get any cheap Cam Newton? <laughs> I drafted him in a league in like the 35th round, but I definitely did not trade for him, no. Okay, where, where's those people now? Hap, sorry, partner. Shoot or shoot. That's the, that's the mentality. Shoot or shoot. Oh, of course they do. And apparently they don't own it when when they you know flub up and and cause you to spend a twenty twenty second or maybe more on a quarterback that ain't got no job that doesn't look like he'll have a job anytime soon and what are the odds of recouping that value on a thirty one year old quarterback without a starting job again I don't sit here and pretend to have all the answers Jerry what do I always say what's one of my favorite sayings. Uh, Randy, you have so many damn sayings. I, that, I have my favorite of your sayings. That, that, that is true. But I say none of us know as much as all of us. So I don't sit here and profess to have all the answers. I surround myself with really smart people. And while I'm not going to take public shots at anybody, I will give a public kudos to someone I think does a hell of a job building rosters, and that's Shane Manella of the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. Shane's a friend. Shane is... One of the people that when I'm in a pickle, because yes, again, uh, when, when I have a question, Shane's my guy. And, and I have a lot of respect for how Shane plays the game and, and his dynasty theory. So th that's my whole thing is, you know, it's great to say that, that, that Cam Newton is a value. Or it's great to say, hey, in this draft class, Clyde Edwards Hilaire's can't miss due to Andy Reid and whatever. That's fine. But context is king. Jerry, so so that's why, with the exception of a, of a handful of the best of the best, um, I, I find a struggle with, with some of our fellow analysts. Am I, am I being too harsh? Because that's not my style, man. I, I like people. No, I, I don't. And are, do you think it, one of the bigger things is just that they fall in love with guys and then they just obsess? Because, listen, scouting is sort of part of what we have to do. We have to be ahead of the curve as dynasty football players. I was not into scouting draft picks until I got a league that I fell in love with and I wanted to succeed in it. it. You think that's what it is? It's just, and then it's just accumulating those guys and it's never actually looking at the whole picture and trying to paint the masterpiece. For me, I, th I think it's two things. And this is my opinion. 
I think the two things that, that really limit a lot of really talented people are this. One, they're so hyper-focused on getting the players they're advocating for correctly so that they can say that they're right. And part of the reason why they don't give buy and sell advice and it takes a lot of stones to put yourself out there and say, yeah, man, hey, I'm looking at your roster. Hey, I would pay this for player X. Is that they don't want to take the blowback when the advice is bad or when you miss. Again, when I help people, I, I'm not going to spoon feed it for you. The whole point of the Dynasty Warzone, the, the, the new motto of our Patreon is that Jerry and I's goal is to get you to the point to where you do not need us. You don't need our help. You don't need our advice. You don't need our direction. You don't need us. But our also, our other goal is to treat you so well once you're in the Patreon that you never want to leave. You never want to leave. You love the community. You, you, you love everything about coming to the group chat and interacting with us. So, no, but I, I'm not afraid. I, I'm, I'm not Eminem. I, Jerry, can you wrap that? You're from Detroit. <laughs> Give us a I would bars. do that. I would do that, man. No justice. That that is true. But it's I, I'm not afraid to get it wrong because I I think there's more loss with indecision than the wrong decision. We're gonna make. We're gonna get into that in a minute, Jerry. Do you have anything else on this besides uh, um, the 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 player identification? No, I don't. I don't think so. It's. And, you know, listen, like we've said a bunch of times, and I don't want to toot our own horn and say that we're the only people that accept mistakes that we make because, you know, it, it does happen elsewhere. It's just. It, I can only say big picture so many times when I'm talking about this subject, because if there's one thing about Dynasty and we say it all the time is there's so many redraft players playing this game, they play it like it's redraft. You have to do things based on what you're hearing in the news right now. And that's stupid, Randy. It's just not a good way to successfully win. Here's the thing. I'm going to give you guys all a little bit of a secret. There is some luck involved in this game. You can have a great roster, get to the playoffs, and something bad happens. Kenyon Drake can go off, and you sitting there with Alvin Kamara and Zeke could be standing there with your willy flapping in the wind and you lose, it happens. You need to put yourself in the best situation long-term consistently and you have to continuously build it. It is a continuous motion. It is, it is poetry that you just have to do. And that's why, listen, we're in leagues with Nate Pilmer and he is a trade machine. And that's why I like trading with Nate is because there is no... There's no lockdown on a player. And I'm the same way. I will flip every single player on my team whenever. And a lot of people will tell you that until you try and grab that player. And you know what they do? They claim the hell up. You need to, every single move should make you a little uncomfortable. Because if you're not, then you're not building it correctly. There's no free gifts in this game. If for the most part, every damn person knows what the hell they're doing, which is why we can trade pretty well because we'll we'll try, me and you, and you'll just you'll tell me to go to hell or I'll tell you to go to hell and we'll work our way through it. And that's what you have to do. And the problem is, is don't just trade to trade also. I think that's another thing that's not on here, but it, I think it's a big thing. You need to have an idea of where you want it to go and don't screw yourself 
just because you want to trade or just because you like a player that's there. It's just, it's bad long-term, you know, creating of a team. Just because you got a nice two-by-four, if it'll bring your foundation down, don't do it. Well, you're, you're getting a little ahead of me. Let, let's move on to the, the second absolute truth of dynasty fantasy football. That is most owners way, way overvalue rookie picks. Jerry, did you see any overvaluing of rookie picks out there this uh, this past rookie draft season? I'm gonna swear real quick. So if you got kids in your car, you get you're playing us. Ear, I'm earmuffs. giving you. Earmuffs. I'm giving you. I'm giving you a little bit of time. This is why I'm doing this. What do we say? Don't do stupid shit. And how how many times did you see it, Randy? I just I, I see people. I don't want to say you know mortgaging their future. I do. I want to say I see a bunch of that, and it is unbelievable. I, it, it's just absolutely flabbergasting that we we give up proven assets on sometimes elite assets sometimes i mean don't get me wrong i'm a big fan of the million dollar man philosophy of everybody's got a price at some point we reach a tipping point that i just have to say yes but it can't be all draft picks i mean uh i think the going rate in the dynasty trade calculator and it's again, it's not an end all be all, but it's a tool. And one of my other Randy sayings is don't be a tool, use one. And you you get to the point to where, you know, you get four or five firsts or whatever for a Christian McCaffrey or Barkley or whoever. At some point you have to say yes, but remember, on these rookie picks, forty percent of them are gonna fail. Write that shit down. Sorry. And not ju- and not just Oh, they're not going to equal what Christian McCaffrey does or Alvin Kamara or Joe Mixon. No, they're going to be Rashad Penny. They're going to be Royce Freeman. Busteroo. You, you know, you're going to look back a year from now and maybe two years from now. It could be a little bit longer, but you're going to look back at this top six running backs. One or two of them are going to bust. It's simple mathematics. There, there's no way around it. And you're going to look back and you're going to say, dude. I took X running back over CD Lamb or X running back over Jerry Judy or Jalen Rager, one of the wide receivers. I can tell you, I know owners that did that in 2018, and they're looking back today and they're saying, I took Royce Freeman over DJ Moore. Happens. Happens all the time. And you've got to come to grips with yourself with that. And that's why you can't overdraft rookie picks. But. We can, so with the rookie picks, we, we can deviate from it from this conversation for a second by doing all the work that Jerry and I do and that we put into this podcast and we sit behind the scenes and write show sheets and invite guys like Nick Whalen and Kane and Ray GQ and, and Garrett Price and Shane Hallam and all these guys that come on. And one day I'd like to get some ladies. That's a different story. But we get all these people to come on and talk rookies with us, not just with Jerry and me. But with all you guys that, that tune in, we do that from the end of the Super Bowl all the way through the draft. So basically, February, March, April, May, a third of the year we focus on this rookie class. And no matter how hard we work at it, we're still going to miss some. But we continue to give up proven assets for rookie picks. I, I think, Jerry, if you're moving an elite piece, I think you have to get a combination of somewhat like proven assets and rookie picks. Do you agree? 
It has to be. And listen, especially if we're talking about a super flex league and you are trading an elite quarterback, if you do not get a quarterback back, I don't care if it's Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff or Matt Ryan or something. It has to be something. You can't trade Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott, and I'm not even going to talk about Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, for just a bunch of picks. It is a just pissing value down the drain. And this sort of, listen, the, the people overvaluing rookie picks and not being as able to assemble a roster intertwined. How many times am I going to see this offseason a dude that has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's got Jerry Judy starting, he's got Justin Jefferson in his starting lineup, and he's puffing his chest out. Listen, you know what you got? You don't have a playoff team. You're stuck. You're stuck at seven. You're stuck at eight. You're not winning. You're not making the playoffs. Listen, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could be RB3, and that'll be fine. You're going to be losing the other positions. It, it, there's just not a chance that all of those rookies are going to hit immediately in 2020. Listen, maybe this will be one of those draft classes. That's just great. 2017 running backs. What was it? 2014 wide receivers. You know, there's a chance. Don't get me wrong. So you're telling me there's a chance. That doesn't mean they're all going to be in 2020 or 2021. Yeah. Hey, just like, listen, Devonte Parker, if we're going to talk about the draft class, he came out. Technically, he was a hit. Now, granted, it took 141 years before it finally happened. And, and that's the same thing. I don't listen. If I see these rosters, which I do and I have, and it makes me want to just slam my head against my laptop, you, you are in a rebuild. You need to stop posting it and bragging like you're going to win and that you're a threat because you, you have blinders on. You're not seeing the reality of what your team is. You have to have veterans. I don't care if Keenan Allen is 27 or 28 years old. Keenan Allen gets 1,300 yards, so you can have CeeDee Lamb in that spot. I'll take Keenan Allen, and guess who's going to win in 2020? Me. It, it, it's one of those things. Now, you're probably not old enough to remember uh, the golden days of like where you had like a true front man or woman. And then you had a backup band. Have Jerry, you're you're from the Motown area. Do you remember Gladys Knight and the Pips? <laughs> Before my time, but I've heard of them. Okay, perfect. You you just can't have a roster full of Gladys Knights. Sometimes you got to have some Pips, and nobody wants to have Pips on their roster. Nobody wants Marvin Jones or Julian Edelman last year. They just don't. It's not sexy. It's not cool. It's not the flashy new rookie. I'd much rather have the two ten than than, than Julian Edelman. No. You're doing it backwards. You can't win dynasty championships with all flash and sizzle. I just It drives me batty to see people who just want to go down the, the tubes with a big old shiny roster full of really cool names that we had in Debbie or that we, we saw in the draft. And, you know, I remember all the time that, that I invested in them. So, so don't get over valued in rookies yes you have to have rookie picks i'm not here to completely minimize and say rookies are trash that don't hear what i'm not saying you have to continue to keep a steady pipeline of young talent coming in so i'm not saying burn all your rookie picks and go get aged veterans like julian edelman i'm not but but you also don't have to give away every julian edelman or marvin jones or who's a journeyman veteran running back that i'm like matt breda 
No, you don't need to give that guy up for the 301. You know why? Because we're going into a COVID-19 season. And there might be a time where you need running back depth. Next year, because this is dynasty. Remember, this is long term. Next year, we have 17 game regular seasons. You're going to need more running back depth. And that's why the savvy player is out there offering you their 301 for Matt Bereda. Because the odds, even if you're an accomplished drafter, the odds of you hitting that 301 is about one-third of the time. But you know what? I know Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator in Miami, peppers his running backs with targets. I know that Jordan Howard couldn't catch herpes in a whorehouse. So I know that Matt Breda is going to have significant value in a PPR league. So that's what I'm talking about. Don't overvalue rookie. Uh, and go ahead. One more thing. I want you. I want people to think about this. If you have a championship roster, which, God, if you have been listening to us, I really hope that we have helped you do that. I have some. And let me tell you about how many rookies are going to be starting on them next year. How many do you think it is, Randy? Maybe one? You, you know, kind of like the real NFL, I would say that your first rounder should have uh, some weeks. In, in, in a dynasty, if you take someone between the 101 and the 112, and obviously the further you get from the 101 to the 112, the more that player should play. I don't know. I'm going to call it seven and a half weeks. And that's what I'm trying to get at is if, if you're looking and your starting lineup is going to have multiple rookies in it, you need to accept the fact that you're not going to win. And that's, that's an issue, but which is fine. Don't get me wrong. Nobody can win every single year. And sometimes it happens. You, you draft a guy like Andrew Luck and it sets you back for, you know, two, three years. I, we were big proponents of Andrew Luck. We have a team together that has Andrew Luck on it. It set us back a little bit. It, it is what it is. But I, like I have this championship team, the orphan I took over. Luckily, thankfully, someone gave up a good team. I, I have J.K. Dobbins. It, like there's a chance he starts. But if you look at a championship roster, for the most part, you have top to bottom productive players. Why am I going to take a productive player out for some sizzle when I already got the stake? It, it, it's just baffling. So I want to transition to this next one real quick. And uh, I'm calling it, I don't want to call it analytics versus the tape or, or whatever, but man, you ever heard the expression that numbers lie and liars use numbers? Uh-huh. It, it's man, we just get so caught up in the minutia and, and the number soup as it relates to these players. And, and I got news for you. Anybody who uses any kind of adjusted metric, if that's their main, if that's their main crutch of their argument, if that's their main rate, is is adjusted, you know, adjusted adjusted speed score by weight or adjusted targets by. Anytime they use adjusted, they're just manipulating the numbers to prop up their argument. the The number is what it is. You get so many targets per game. You get so many opportunities to score points. It's just we get so caught up in this, and I don't understand why. I think it's because dynasty owners, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a very smart person. Not just this podcast, but I do give you a notch up for listening to the war zone. You're probably smarter than the average smart guy. But you obviously care about your dynasty teams. You know, that's when I got good at poker. 
I started reading poker books. This was just before the YouTube boom, and now they got the solvers and all the how-tos and everything. I was actually reading books because I wanted to be a better poker player. You're listening to a Dynasty podcast because you want to be a better Dynasty player. And But when I start listening to podcasts, I'm listening more to podcasts from NFL scouts, former scouts, um, and, and, and just get an overall opinion. Because this whole cold COVID-19 thing really shined a light on how the NFL used to do it versus how they do it. And all these scouts I listen to, they don't care about the metrics. Yeah, it's nice that a guy has a nice 40 time. It may bump him up around, but it's not the end-all, be-all. And I heard it said probably a half a dozen times by non-Dynasty podcast hosts that this is what the film saw. This is what the film saw. And at the end of the day... It comes down to, can this some bitch actually play football, Jerry? Did you ever ask yourself that? Yeah. I mean, that's essentially, listen, I'm not an analytics guy. I'm not a great tape guy. I do what my eyeballs see. And then what's the, what's the five whys, Randy? We do, we do the five whys to figure out if somebody's actually worth a damn. Five whys. Listen. Why are you drafting someone? If, if you can't answer that in the, fir- with the first round rookie pick, give me five reasons why you're drafting him. And, and, and if, if your only why is athleticism, you're probably heading up the creek. And that's that's the thing. And that's listen, you have a great a great mantra about guys that have their own, you know, profile. It's their mixtape. It's a rap mixtape that they're selling out of the back of their trunk. Listen, it's it's a piece of the puzzle. The problem is is I can't trust you if all you do is that, which is why listen, I'm not an analytics guy. I'm not a film guy. I watch you guys you know, swing your at each other and you like one of you is going to win. If you're not using the whole picture and more pieces beyond that, you're not really doing anything. Now, maybe it's the aspiring historian in me because you don't just read one source and then say what happens. You read multiple, you come up with what you think is the best and you work your way through that and you try to defend it. It's the same exact thing in Dynasty. I listen to some analytics guys. I listen to these little snippets of stats. I listen to these guys talking about the offense. I listen to Randy tell me about Vegas because here's the thing. Money talks, bullshit walks, people. So I listen to all that, and I make my own judgments on that. And that's exactly what you should be doing. What me and Randy are saying, not gospel by any means. Are you, are, you're, no, you're not a, a priest or anything? Uh, I, I am uh, I'm as far from a man of the clock. Now, I believe... But I'm as far from a, from a man in the cloth as, uh, as as you'll find, sir. Exactly my point. We are not speaking gospel here. We are just doing exactly what I just said. We just uh, I say it all the time in a funny, joking manner. I I let you guys do all the work, and I just use it. That's really what I do. I'm I'm not. That's not a joke. It's I'm just accumulating as much information as I can and making my own decision. And what my, I'm saying should just be something, another tool that you use. It's all theory. It's all absorbing information. And here's the thing. You've been listening to a Dynasty podcast in February, March, April, May. You're doing the same things. You are smart enough to do everything that we're doing. I just happen to be on a mic listening to Randy talking about, you know, pork chops that are her, uh, waffle house. He's tougher than a Waffle House pork chop. I just get to laugh at that in person. You get to listen to it and laugh while you're driving in the car. That's the only difference. And, and, and I want to hit on a couple of things that, that you brought up there. Um, the, the my model guy, dude, you don't have a model, okay? 
he he and I have had our moments, but I've got a lot of respect for him. Matt Kelly, you know, he's got a model. Playerprofiler.com is a model, okay? He's invested a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of resources, a lot of manpower. That's a model. You don't have a model, bro on Twitter. You got a nice computer and a spreadsheet. You know how to use a pivot table, and you're really good with numbers. You want to impress me? Pull it all into Microsoft BI and make it more usable. Until then, it's not a model. It's you inputting data into a spreadsheet and pushing it back out, which says basically what someone else has already done in just a much less clean format. And so it's not gospel. And it's not gospel. The other thing that I do is that I'm a huge believer in collective IQ. 100% huge, and it's not just the analytics guys, it's not just the film guys, it's not just the dynasty guys, it's just not the scouts guys, it's everybody I can possibly make time to listen to. Is it Greg Cosell? Yes. Is it Tyler Gunthener? Yes. Is it Nick Whalen? Yes. Is it Bucky Brooks? Yes. Is it Mel Kuyper Jr.? Yes. Is it Todd McShay? Yes. You know why? Because I want to take all those varying opinions, and sometimes I listen to my own podcast. Yeah, that's right. Someone once asked Prince, the art, the artist that passed away a few years ago, they asked Prince, it's like, what kind of music do you listen to? He says, I listen to my own music. And when I get bored with that, I write new music. So yes, I do listen to my, my own podcast because I want to go back and make it better. But my point with the collective IQ is to go back to what I said earlier. None of us know as much as all of us. So do you have a guy? Hopefully it's Jerry and myself, but if not, maybe it is someone else. But don't just have a guy. Have many guys. Have some ladies. Have some non-dynasty people. Have some redraft people. Have some film people. Have some analytics people. And then you take all of that collective IQ and you pour it in your little dome and you come out with something. Jerry, that's one of my biggest ones. I think that's the most underutilized thing that we do in in uh in, in twitter what do you think i listen and it's it's not just listening to podcasts and everything else it's just talking about this stuff in general it's just getting a feel for everything like i it, we talk about the patreon chat a lot i learn tons in that whether it's troy or whitney or pat or matt or kyle or kane even you know anybody Darren, Dale, you, all the guys in the Patreon, all the girls in the Patreon, I learn stuff from them too. That is just more information. Every group chat, you're in for a league. Listen, sometimes you think people do crazy things. Pay attention. If it works out, they might know what they're doing. It, there's, it's not just formal settings. You need to absorb information everywhere. I could talk about this for hours, so I'm, I'm going to let you move it along before we get stuck in another rant. Well, I, I do want to wrap it up with this because it was by far our most uh, commented on and most enjoyed Patreon episode in just over the year we've been doing a Patreon. And it was the one where I did Everything Speaks, and that's not mine. That's not original. That is from a gentleman named Dennis Snow, and it's from a book called Lessons from the Mouse. This was a guy who was like a top executive with Disney uh, maybe a decade ago. And he talked about it, Disney. Like, you ever been to Disney? Everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. Why? Because at Disney, they believe everything speaks. 
Everything that you see, smell, touch, that impacts your visit there speaks. And that's how I treat my dynasty rosters. Everything about these players speaks. You know what? Just because someone else likes them and I don't, just because the metrics like them and the film doesn't or vice versa, everything matters. And you have to pour all of that into your head and you have to come out with your own consensus. And that's what you do when you draft. All right, this next one, Jerry. This next one's not only good in Dynasty, this one's good in life. The fourth absolute truth of Dynasty fantasy football is failure is assured. Don't cling to it. Jerry, you ever seen anyone just hang on to a trade or a pick just because they made it? <laughs> uh, yes, to say the least. It's one, and I'm guilty of this too, by the way. Hello, Josh Gordon, I'm looking at you. And when I was a redraft player many moons ago, and actually it was redraft slash keeper, we had a three-team keeper league. I can tell you that I kept Braylon Edwards way too much longer than I should have, you know, but, but 1400, you know, yards and 14 touchdowns, a hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. And once you get hooked on that, you, you, you can't, it's hard to give it up. And the same thing goes for Josh Gordon. I'm as guilty of this as a long time, but failure is assured. And I think the one thing that that, that creates a lot of this and clinging onto it is Debbie. Now I'm not picking on you, Jerry, because you're my Debbie guy, you and, Shane Hallam and uh, Josh from our Patreon group and Nick and all you guys. But I think it's like that high school sweetheart. You never actually break up with them. They're always there. You know, I saw Corey Davis's fifth-year option wasn't getting picked up. And I'm already seeing the Corey Davis truth. There's next year. That's the year. Next year, he's getting out of Tennessee. That's his year. You know, Um, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to draft someone in 2020 this class and you you're going to have traded up you're going to have moved more capital to get this person and i'm not telling you like you know what bad rookie year throw them out the door next on to to the next one but there because that, that would be a mistake too 100 percent. but once you get to the point to where you realize like if, if if you're not to the point to where you realize Corey davis is not a not not going to be a high profile player then I can't help you. And you just have to be willing to punt sometimes, Jerry. I Listen, I here's the thing. It's not just draft picks. It's trades, too. You're, you're going to lose trades. You're going to mess the draft picks up. It's going to happen. Here's the thing. Make the next move. That's the only thing you can do. Is it's, It doesn't matter because you're in the situation that you're in. It, listen, if we had a time machine, promise you, I'd win every damn league I got. I'd also be Biff from Back to the Future, and I would have my own casino, and I would be a multi-billionaire. We don't have one, so we just have to do with the best of what we got going forward. Make the next move. Don't dwell on it. Do what you can to turn it around. You're going to fail. You're going to you're gonna make bad picks. You're going to make bad trades. You're going to drop the wrong guy too early. You're going to drop the wrong guy too late. And, and what, don't get into, whether it's Twitter or podcast, if you don't agree with someone's opinion, that's fine. But instead of getting pissy and saying, well, this son of a bitch doesn't like Corey Davis, or this, he, doesn't, he doesn't know what he's talking about, he doesn't like Ronald Jones. Instead of getting butthurt, ask yourself, why is he saying it? 
Is there any context? No, because if there's no context, he can say, you're, you're right. He's a dumbass. I'm going to move on. But if, if someone's, you know, citing, you know, citing stats and, you know, things that are irrefutable, then you ought to listen. Oh, his touchdown rates uh, is an all-time low for a, a person picked that high or, or whatever the metric is. And sometimes we talked earlier that, that metrics can be contrived to say a certain thing. Don't, part of the picture, though. It, it is part of the picture. So when someone says something, I used to be this guy, man, I would, I would load up the cannons. I would go to war to, to protect my guys. And now I, I just stopped. I stopped getting mad and felt like I have to defend my guy to the absolute teeth. And instead of looking for affirmation, as in people on Twitter who are going to affirm how I feel about a player, I'm looking for information. And when someone gives me a new nugget, as to why a player's value could be uh, going down or why this player's just not going to fire. Instead of getting butt hurt, and I'm guilty of this because I've done it. I'm sure you have too, Jerry. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just ask myself, why? Why are, you, why are they saying that? Where are they getting that? And, you know, and, and then you know, maybe there's a, a, a linked article or a tweet from a beat writer or could be a lot of things. Now, again, you don't have to act on every bit of information, but you need to accumulate every bit of information, whether it affirms your belief on a player or it goes against your belief on a player, and try to figure out how you can use that, that, that information to better prepare yourself to be a better dynasty owner. I don't know. I, I just see a lot of clinging to people, man. And Corey Davis always comes to mind, and I'm not trying to pick on Corey Davis owners because I know a lot of but, people. But he, he was a polarizing player that year. and 100%. It, look at. I mean, you look at like uh, I'm going to use a a Detroit thing, but it in the 2003 NBA draft, it was Michael Jordan, it was Dwayne Wade, it was Chris Bosh, and the Pistons took Darko Milicic at number two, and he was like the Corey Davis of everything. Everything else around him worked out great, and then Corey Davis was sitting there just pooping his pants. And and listen, I fell for Corey Davis. I watched him at Western. I thought he was great. And if you think I didn't take him at 102. You're wrong. I traded up for him. And guess what? I don't have Corey Davis on my team. I haven't had Corey Davis on my team in so long that I couldn't even tell you when the last time I had him. Because you got to learn your damn lesson. You get you get too stubborn. And this works two ways, too, by the way. Um, there's been many a guy, like I, I've, I've self-admitted this, that Jerry Judy could be the 2020 version. There's always the story of A.J. Brown who I'm going to reference the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League. I've referenced this league many times on this show. Uh, a lot of great, great Dynasty players in this particular league. And Jerry, do you know, or, again, you know almost all these guys, um, and anyone who listens to Dynasty Podcast does. Do you know where A.J. Brown went in this particular draft last year? I don't, sir. He went at the 203. So more than likely, if he slipped that far in this draft... He might have slipped that far in your draft. But a lot of people, instead of saying, app, you know what? I missed that one. I, ma- I failed. I made a mistake. Um, I see a lot of people going, ah, he got lucky. It was just a lucky year. He'll come crashing back down. Again, I, hey, listen, <laughs> I traded for him in a league. And uh, I, I was trying to trade somebody else. And he was he was telling me how terrible my team is, as people do. And I mentioned that I have Chris Godwin and A.J. Brown, and he said exactly that, that they both had lucky years and that my team's going to be poop. Well, he can kiss my ass. But anyway, sorry to interrupt, Randy. I just thought it was funny that you said exactly what I already had happen. 
it's it's just how it is. And people, you know, I've <laughs> I found that people just want to be negative. That, that they just want to be negative. You know, they were down on and and, and they're so hell bent on being right that they're just going to ignore the fact that we all loved AJ Brown prior to the draft. We hated his landing spot. He proved us all wrong and played real well as a rookie and we're still clinging on desperately that just to hope that he fails. I, I don't live my life that way and I, and I hope that you don't either. And Jerry, I got I got the fifth and final absolute truth of and my favorite of and, the bunch and your favorite jerry um people only want to win trades why is that jerry i you know it's positive reinforcement because if you win a trade what happens the people in the group track go oh my god blah, 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 and they you know they putts around they post it on twitter and then everybody goes oh my god this side right away and what do you do you puff your chest out you just and it, it's just it, that's why I don't like to comment on trades. I'll vote if you tag me in them. I will, but I don't like to comment on them because I have no idea what your roster situation is. For all I know, the guy that's losing that trade eighty five percent to fifteen percent on the Twitter poll. For all I know, the guy that got the fifteen percent got himself a championship because of that trade. So I, I just. It's the positive reinforcement. They love lemmings, just snarf, snarf, snarf. And they uh, that's what they needed is the pat on the back. It, every trade, you cannot possibly tell me enough information to let me know if it was a good trade or not. For one, going back to being Biff from Back to the Future, I don't know what the future is going to you know, hold. If you had traded for Alvin Kamara in the preseason of his rookie year for Leonard Fournette, everybody would have called you a dope. And now you wish you had Elvin Kamara instead of Leonard Fournette. It's just it's just something that happens. If you had taken A.J. Brown at 102 instead of Nikhil Harry last year, Randy, how do you think that trade poll would have looked? Mm, no bueno. No bueno. And how much do you think that would look today? Most, A little bit different? Most bueno. Yeah, most bueno. Mucho bueno. Listen, so it's just... And as a person that is extremely active in the trade market. I will trade anybody. I will trade anything. I don't really care. I just don't care. And I, that's how everybody should be. Randy, you trade a hell of a lot and you don't talk like you trade a hell of a lot. You trade a hell of a lot. What, why, why do you think the people just, they like to, they like it so much. And listen, you, we were talking about a trade yesterday and you said you didn't care that you had the losing side because I, I was using a calculator. I, I, I said, okay. what's that? No, and and you and you were trying to trade a certain player, and you said, "Well, I value that person way more." And I agreed with you. And it's just, I, so you you tell me why why do people just get sucked into this that they just have to win a trade? It truly, it's ego. I, I don't have any other reason, and you, I liked your term uh, confirmation bias. Man, I, I have never felt the. I, I can't say never. That that's BS. We 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 all have different stages of life. I'm just that one where I'm at peace with the decisions that I make, and I, I don't need the pat on the back, and I do my work. I guess that's the biggest thing. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Anytime someone says, "Man, you get lucky." And blah, blah, blah. No, I, I really don't. You know, I, I, I pour through. I have a job where I can and a commute. 
I pour through four to six hours of football content a day, uh, various sources, uh, sports content, leadership content, business content. And one thing that, that I've always done, if you're winning a trade, I mean, if you con some sucker, okay, good for you, great, because all you're doing is destroying your league long term. You may win a championship or two, but you're going to wind up with a really broke-spoke roster in your league, and I guess that's for your commissioner to fix. But if I'm winning a trade, if, if in my mind I think it's fair, I'm happy. I don't need the confirmation. I, I've done my work. I, I, I know what, the, what my research has told me, and I'm good. And I also feel like this, like if you're in one of those trades and you're losing it, let's say something a little bit more close, Jerry, let's say like 65-35, mm-hmm. more often than not, you probably want to be on the 35 side. It's been said that find the way that the, the general public is going and then run the hell the opposite direction, 100% of the time. Now, if that player happens to be Saquon Barkley for, I don't know, um, Deonta Freeman or Devonta Freeman, excuse me. Then yes, you should probably take the, the 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 guy still in the league. But more often than not, if if you know what you're doing, I've lost a lot of Terry McLaren trades. I lost some last year, and I guess I've lost some this year. And you know what, Jerry? I'm going to keep losing them because I, I I don't care. But I also don't want to poo-poo the, the the calculator. I think a lot of people. And you guys would think that as much as we reference the Dynasty Trade Calculator, that Jerry and I are paid spokesmen. It's actually quite the opposite. We both. I have, just like it. I, I, it's it's one of those. It's a tool. Things. It's a tool. It gets you in the ballpark. You know, it, it, if you put everything from your trade, whether it be picks, whether it be players, if you put both sides in there, and you're within about ten percent one way or the other, that's a fair trade. And I had one just, it's funny you say this, Jerry, I had one just the other day, the one that uh, I, uh, I asked you about, because again, Jerry and I do confer. And the owner in question had uh, Deshaun Watson, and he was interested in acquiring uh, Tyreek Hill. I have uh, a need for a quarterback in this particular league, and I happen to have a, a bumper crop of wide receivers. And I was like, Hill plus what equals Watson? And I got an answer back that said, Jordan Love. I said, done. I said, done. Uh, I sent the trade. Come to find out it was about, I think it was a mid-second short of considering to be even. And this owner told me it was a little light on my end. I was like, no. You know, I'm not saying we had a deal, but we had the framework of a deal. It's close enough. I'm not adding. You either, and, 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 you either want it or you don't. And here's the thing is that that's the other thing that goes back to what I think is funny about analysts when it's like, well, we'll just throw the 107 into that deal. Why in the hell do you think they just have this random pick? It, it, well, you know, 107 is too much. See if they can give you the 111. It's one of those things. Anybody who says randomly throw something in, especially if they're an experienced owner, they're trying to get the best of you. No one says randomly throw something in. When you go buy something at the store, does the clerk go, hey, randomly throw in this squishy ball or this soda? No, you do that on your own. You know, you, you, you just don't randomly throw things in. Um, I, I've never made big purchases that way. I can't speak with you, Jerry. 
Hey, hey, I I love this new house. I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Hey, throw in the the Chevy truck in the parking lot. Just throw it in. It's no big deal. I mean, I'm already making a major purchase. The house is very expensive. I just throw it on in there. I mean, I'm paying you a lot of money. Throw in the truck. And the crazy thing about Twitter trades is it's like like the neighbor across the street is like, hey, throw in the truck too. And and that's what Twitter analysts are telling you to do in a trade. And that's just... No, I just, I don't get it. And for the record, lose all those Terry McLaren trades you want. This dude as a rookie in 14 games, had 900 yards and seven touchdowns. If you don't see the upside in that, I I can't help you. Sorry, I've mentioned Nate a couple of times and he doesn't like the word upside. But if you can't see the upside, the, the positive trajectory in that, then you're a bozo and I'll lose every trade too. Well, let me ask you a question. How do you, how do you think that conversation goes when you post the Twitter trade some random bro or sister on Twitter says, you know what? You really need to get a third. You really need to, how do you, how do you approach that fellow owner? Ah, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about it, man. And, uh, 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 dynasty slap nuts at dynasty slap nuts on Twitter said, you need to throw in a third. You got to give me that third or slap nuts is going to look down on me. I can't have dynasty slap nuts looking down on me. I got to, how does that conversation go? I don't, I don't know. And listen, I'm the guy that throws picks away. You know it. You, we had a trade going and you said, okay, give me the 307. Said deal. I'm not going to stop the trade if that's what you want. And this mother effer said, all right, give me the 302 then. All right, you sneaky devil here. I'll just give it to you because it's fine. I I did that to you twice. I actually did that to you. I got you with the, uh, true. You you came back with and you and you threw it. You, you, I noticed you added Darius Slayton. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, that was another one. Why, why wouldn't I? You know, all you can do is say no. But I just again, when you're making trades, the the number one question before I send a trade. That's another thing. While we're talking about trades, and we got a couple of minutes here, nothing chaps my ass, Jerry. Nothing chaps my ass worse than someone who sends me a trade that only helps them. I'm I, I'm done with you. Be gone, jackass, or or I'm sending you an anvil back. Because if you want to waste my time, I'm going to waste your time. My question is always the same. In your words, explain how that helps me. Just walk me through it. I had one the other day. So in one league, I've only got like one pick. It's like a mid-third. And I've got literally on this roster, I've got five tight ends. I still had a Gronk. I had Austin Hooper. I've got Mark Andrews. I've got a couple other, like like a Jay Sternberger, a Cahale Warren, something like that. Mm-hmm. And someone had the audacity. I was like, hey, guys, I, I will move this pick. This roster's loaded. I'm, I'm good to go in stereo. I don't, don't need to make a, a, a crazy rookie pick, right? I'm like, I, I will gladly move this pick. What did this guy send me? Jack Doyle. <laughs> I'm, Jack Doyle. Thanks, thanks for nothing, that, man. I mean, if I had no tight ends, maybe – Maybe Jack Doyle, but I'm like, how does that help me? I mean, I, I, I do, I, I do want to get out of this 308, and I tried to get like a, you know, a, a, a 2020. Uh, one in a vacuum, you know, whatever. It's probably pretty close, but that goes back to the point about Twitter polls. Is yeah, it's not that terrible. Like I could see it. Like, what's the chance of a 308 hitting? Not much. What's Jack Doyle worth? Not much. Okay, it works out fine. In your situation piss off i don't i don't need that i I mean do do, do you not have like a like a random i don't know um 
like a random rookie tight end from last year. I don't know. Do you not have a random Miles Boykin you could throw at a guy? Do you See, not? There do you, you go. Do you not have a random Hakeem Bustler to throw to a guy? It's got to be Jack Doyle. It's got to be the guy when I've got five tight ends. No, that's not because I don't know how it works where you do business, Jerry. But I treat the people that I do business with as equals and with respect. I, I, I don't insult their intelligence. I don't make them feel like I'm trying to get over on them. I don't waste their time. I value them as a business partner. So what, so what do I do? How do I convert this to the dynasty trade world? I go to their roster. I look and say, hey, you know what? He's deficient here. I'm sufficient here. I've actually got a little bit of an extra here. Hey, I see an opportunity. Hey, man, notice that you're a little short on wide receivers. I've got several. You know, would you be willing to give up a, a running back or a quarterback or, a t- or whatever or a draft pick? Would you be willing? Are you looking to shore up a weakness on your roster? And I'll give you a pick because those insulting trades, I, I can't speak for you. You just burn me to the ground as a potential trade partner. And that's the other thing. That's another thing while I'll throw in thirds all the time or I'll, I'll lose a trade. I, for the most part, I try and give you the better deal when I'm sending a trade because I know I'm going to make a ton of trades over the course of the season. And I want you to see my trade offers and go, okay, I'm going to take this guy seriously. And that's in recently in the, I think it's the UPL. I have a few tight ends. So I went looking, I need wide receivers. I need a third wide receiver. So I went looking, trying to trade Zach Ertz for a wide receiver. That's another thing is don't just key on a guy. I want this guy. So I'm going to try and force the guy that I want to trade down your throat. I wanted, I believe it was DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf is one of these guys that I'm buying everywhere for whatever reason, really buying into him. Um, but he he had too many tight ends, so I knew I couldn't work it. So I gotta I gotta go to a different guy, and I gotta try and find a different range of the wide receiver because it's not just picking one guy and doing that. And just you know, we you play that game when you're a little baby, and you've got like the triangle peg, and you got the circle peg, and the square peg, and you gotta fit them in accordingly. And if you're just trying to slam the star peg into the circle and it's not working, why are you surprised? It, it, that's why people don't want to trade with you. Star goes in the star, triangle goes in the triangle. It's just, I don't get it. I don't, I, I, sometimes, sometimes some of the offers I get, it's just like, in, in what world, in what world are we living where you think I'm going to hit the accept button? And if I have ever done that to anybody, please call me out on it. I really, really try not to do that. And I really don't think I do. It's just, I don't, I don't get, I just look at it and it's like, you, you wasted my time. I got excited. You know how excited I get? I send out at least 12 times more trades than I get back in. And to see the email that says, I got a trade offer. Oh, okay. Let's see what we got here. And I look and I got David Montgomery in the third for Saquon. Get the out of here. What the hell do you think I'm going to do? It's it's amazing. You know, one of the greatest compliments you can be given as a dynasty owner is when another owner in your league says that to the group that Randy or Jerry or whatever your name is treats you right. This happened, uh, we're doing a startup right now, Jerry and myself and a bunch of guys, and a guy I've already made two or three trades with during this startup. 
Um, a guy was a little sideways because I quote unquote sniped him in like the 28th round. I don't know how that's possible, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and he was like, gotta be like, a good pick. I was like, I'll trade him to you. And he was like, yeah, I'm sure you will. And, and this other owner chimed in and said, yeah, Randy will treat you fair. He'll, he'll, he'll treat you real fair. And, and, and he'll, uh, you know, you know, won't try to get the better of you. I was like, that's the reputation I want as a person who makes trades. I want someone to say, Hey, that dude's going to treat me fair. That dude's going to treat me right. And that's what it is because I'm going to leave you guys with this ranting five absolute truth episode of, uh, the dynasty war zone with this, the famous poker player, Amarillo slim said, you can shear a sheep many times, but you can only skin him once translation. You can do lots of deals with someone, but you, you're only going to kill him or skin him one time. So when you take that braggadocious trade to Twitter, just so you can front and flex your trade win, because you know you won the trade, all you're doing is making that other owner feel stupid. You're making that other owner feel small. You're making that other owner feel like, man, I can't do business with this guy again. You know what? When you win a trade, even if you landslide it, that's why Jerry said, that's why Jerry's like, I don't always know what's on your mind. People shouldn't know your next move. But I will leave you with this. As it relates to trades, always leave them feeling like you done them right. Jerry, what else you got, man? It was a bit of a rant and a rave, but we had to get some stuff off our chest before we start rolling into uh, some, some team talk. And, you know, we'll throw in some buys and sells and all that stuff that uh, uh, I think it's Peter Olazette. Maybe I pronounced that correctly. That, uh, that funny thing that he did the other day. What else mm-hmm. is on your mind? Listen, nothing. Listen, the ranting and the raving and the going down rabbit holes is exactly what I like to talk about, especially when it's building rosters and trading and not this guy's good and this team's going to be poop and I hate the Lions. It's I could talk trading all day. We could we could have done this for another three hours, but I know you got to edit the thing and I'm uh, not going to help you at all. And you know, eventually we're going to have to go to bed. Uh, so also it, facts. Listen, it's. Be active in your leagues. Don't be afraid to trade players you like. Don't be afraid to have a player you don't like thrown in. You know, listen, here's the thing. Devontae Parker, nobody actually likes him. I'm I listen, every time I try to trade him away, I, I don't like Devontae Parker. Yeah, I know. Nobody does. He still has value. He still had 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. It, it, if you're in a championship and he's in your flex, you most likely win. And uh, listen, I like the 207 as much as the rest of you, but don't come at me with that bull crap. Be receptive. Be open. Every player has value. Use your own eyes. Come to your own decisions. Ask questions. Look for answers. It is the one thing that will make you successful in this. Yep. Golden rule. Treat others how you want to be treated. Be the kind of owner uh, that you want to deal with, and you'll find that... uh, dynasty will go real well for you listen jerry thank you for jumping on making time on a thursday uh i actually said nice things about you on the patreon this week i i did mean most of them and that's really what tonight was a lot of times on the patreon jerry and i will just riff um we're gonna do a little bit more of that but we're also gonna have a focus of how to uh take advantage of what's going on out there in the real nfl and we're gonna surprise you we're gonna have some guests it's gonna be a fantastic 
uh, rest of the month of May, June and July. I have a great feeling about the season. I'm staying optimistic. Uh, I had a great time talking with my man, Jerry. So on behalf of Jerry, I am Memphis. And here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.